Hello everyone, welcome to Spoiler Alert, Home Edition, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. As always, please be aware of spoilers, or you may hear some humorous observations about airplane travel. That's right, today we're talking comedy specials. Today I'm joined live from their living rooms, Jeremy Legui and Sonia Stanger. Well hi, so nice to be here. I'm I'm technically in my basement. I'm also in my bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I was wrong on both ends. (laughs) <laughs> Just to poke some holes in that premise. John's the only one in his living room. Someone edit my voice and say the right room you're in, okay? <laughs> um, this is... I, d- I didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, but it seemed to be one of the most hot, messiest express <laughs> that we have ever done. And so I, I really hope that this is a good one. Yeah, I think Zoom it's going to be... Failed. It's going to be... Yeah, Zoom Zoom just couldn't handle it that day. I would like to think that my edit was pretty seamless, but listening back while editing was deeply hilarious. Yeah, you had to... I'll send you guys the rock cut. You had to do some hard work on that. There was a lot of me and Jeremy laughing at Sean, and (laughs) honestly, he sounded so sad (laughs) when I listened to it back. Anyway. I was very... (laughs) I felt adrift in the sea. Well, and Zoom's comedic timing is also something to be noted. Oh, mm. like Zoom you just has in its algorithm. Special. That's Zoom. Yeah, you know. Oh, I'm super sad about, and then it cuts you off. <laughs> oh man, that, yeah. that'll that's that'll destroy you. <laughs> um, all right, you guys, let's get into it. What is your relationship to just like comedy in general? I guess like a stand-up comedy. Uh, well, as a young man, uh, I can recall many an afternoon uh, with a friend of mine, a very, my, probably my best friend, at either of our houses uh, watching either the Just for Laughs comedy special that seemed to air on Canadian TV you, hourly, yes, with, you know, with, with, yeah. with gags and Forever. other things. Um, there were other things on, like, Comedy Central. I'm trying to remember, like, one was just filmed in a comedy club. I can't remember what that was called. I think the comedy clubs in toronto is just the street number or something like that um but we used to watch that a lot and uh you know i i think being uh a canadian who was involved with the 90s i do have quite a quite a, an understanding of a lot of things like uh there's this one really great bit that i i used to like a lot when i was a kid and then i found out years later it was a young dane cook oh yeah and uh, it it just blew my mind that it was him on and like dave chappelle was on there's so many funny people that you kind of don't really recognize bill burr uh y- you know years and years later just because at the time it was kind of like a a just for laughs thing and no one else really filmed it that way and presented it that way, as far as I was aware, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I really love stand-up. Um, I think that it's a, like, it's a unique mode of human expression that I find so fascinating. Um, I just love that, like, a lot of it comes from pain, like, people's struggles that sounded so bad but um you know i love that that's a way that people like process things that have happened to them and their ability to turn it into often something really universal that the audience is able to like connect to um listeners may know that i used to do stand up a little bit as a kind of hobby um and i kind of i actually quite miss it but it's a lot of work believe it or not um it's a lot i i was trying to think actually like when did I become aware of stand-up? And I think it's kind of the same, Jer, like, things on CBC, <laughs> just constant mm-hmm. just for laughs. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, it was on, yeah. like, right when you got home from school. Yeah. And I, I cannot think of a time in my life where I didn't know what just for laughs gags was. Exactly. I, kn- I, I wasn't really a huge fan of it. No, but like it, was, I, I, it was a sweeter time when you didn't know of just for laughs gags. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when you're like 11 and you figure out that there's no words because they're all speaking French, like, you know, like, have I been watching the French version or is there an English version oh, or what's going on if here? If you live in Quebec what? and a police officer approaches you, you can just assume that you're being filmed. I exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so, yeah, love stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of a just for last gags. Some of the <laughs> gags 
So the they're gags so are dumb. very cruel. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah, they're so oh, they're yeah. always mean. Like it's always mean. One of them was just and- like um, a supposedly a blind man won the lottery, and then the <laughs> cashier like saw that he had won, but then he like made a shush motion to the person behind him, and it was like, "Sorry, you didn't win." And then that person had to like storm up and be like, "No, you did. Give him the money." <laughs> it is. It was really the morality. It's it's really. I would be very stressed to be on just Buzz gag. Uh, my my favorite gag. I don't know if we're talking about this or not, but uh, uh, there are some that are very charming, and there's the one where uh, I think it's a more recent one, but someone's like walking down a road or whatever. And someone runs out and gives them like a baton and just runs away. And then you see them like holding it and they like look around and then like a huge marching band comes. And they're just like standing there holding this like, um, yeah, no, it's great. They get to some pretty crazy stuff, but I think the newer ones had to sort of bring it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a lot, lot of really intense that's ones. That's a lot of people all working together. Yes. Um, so yeah, my relationship with comedy... I, yeah, as you guys, just like, I only had CBC and CTV growing up, so, but there would be just like miles and swaths of Just for Last mm-hmm. airing, but never anyone's full hour set. Mm-mm. It's always just like cobbled and stripped into like weird themes, and mm-hmm. like, you kind of could barely grasp even who the comedian was, and like, only like, in adulthood, I was like, oh, that was like... Harlan Williams or like yeah. Deborah mm-hmm. DiGiovanni that are just like that I've watched do bits, but you can never yeah, like how grasp many, on like anything. You, you saw so many seven mm-hmm. minute clips of Deborah DiGiovanni yeah. as a child, like so many. And and plus you'd go back like like this. Well, this is kind of what happened with Dane Cook, but like it was like. Uh, you know, you go back, and it would be that person, but they have, like, just a little bit of hair instead of no hair, and very fine glasses, right? Like, like it's just, like, a different time. <laughs> a different era. Like, a, like, an alternate version of that individual or and something. And what's so weird is that the, that still kind of exists, because I found a bunch of it on Crave, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's like um, you know, Maria Bamford and Friends, and then it's like... Just, again, like, four-minute clips of all these different comedians from Just for Laughs, and I don't understand. Yeah, I think Uh, that once you get a Just for Laugh, like, comedy special, you must sign the most insane contract that they're like, we own everything and can uh, cobble any sort of special together for the rest of your life, basically. (laughs) Yeah, like, we will uh, be slicing and dicing. (laughs) Well, now they do... uh, Ellen and I on our honeymoon we went to just for laughs. Oh, cool! Um, but it's yeah, it's I I don't know if it's different now. I'm not sure. There's like all the different like venues you can go to. Jeremy, that and, is so um, brave because aren't you scared of all the crowd work of like we just got married and then just <laughs> scared like, you'll get oh. gay. Oh, that's... <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> But uh, we were like looking and time wise and everything like a gala fit our our thing and now they're doing it in reverse where the gala is the theme and they hire comedians who fit that theme to tell jokes about that. Weird. And it's like, yeah, it was, ours was hosted by Russell Peters, who was funny, mm-hmm. but he was the host. So he only did a few jokes. And then there was uh, a few people who did their jokes like in between. But um, we later found out that we should have just gone like for an eighth of the price to three clubs, yeah. any of the nights that we were there. And we probably would have gotten to see better comedy someone we probably wouldn't have known but you know yeah but that's i i love that Mm -hmm. um did you guys watch any like classics i know like you know things like delirious or like like richard pryor's sets or george carlin because i never that wasn't really the culture of my household Mm. yeah my parents are both kind of comedy nerds, I would say. And so, like, for me, I was, like, 10 years old watching George Carlin. Um, oh, okay. And, mm-hmm. like, learned some very choice words and was, like, who... Also, it's funny because George Carlin was the conductor on um, Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so as a child, I'm, like, whoa, conductor, you got some stuff to say. (laughs) Um, He's got some thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, like, I actually really am kind of grateful to my parents for that because 
I was, I was experienced some like pretty quote unquote, like edgy stuff early on. So I think I had like a broader sense of what comedy could kind of be. And like, it always in my mind has been something that like pushes boundaries kind of. So I actually really, um, I'm glad of that. Uh, I, I was exposed pretty young as well. Um, as no one is surprised who listens to the show, uh, both of my parents are huge Eddie Murphy fans. Mm. So any of the comedy specials that came out, so Delirious was of course the big one. Um, but anything that sort of came up around that, that's like, oh, it's this guy doing the thing Eddie did, right? Like, even if it was older, that was a way my parents could, a- like, access it and watch it. And my, this is the oldest sentence, this is the oldest thing I've ever said on the show. My dad would go to Blockbuster and get, like, five comedy specials sometimes. So we would watch all those. Oh, that sounds um, so fun. Yeah. Wow. So there's, like, the, like, George Carlin ones and stuff. But, uh. Um, that seems like another world uh, to me right now. Yeah, like, it's, I yeah, just no, had, it's, it's so interesting how that, just that sentence, like, takes you back to a different yeah. life. You, you guys, my dad misses Blockbuster more than certain dead relatives of his. <laughs> uh, and it's honestly, like, so, here's, here's, here's the situation. My dad lived within walking distance to a Blockbuster for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he would, like, on a random Tuesday night, he would get home finish supper relatively early and then he'd wander over to the blockbuster and like kind of just go down the aisle daily like he would grab this thing that one day the next thing the next day the next thing wow. the next day just brown. and uh yeah and uh once dvds came around you know like you know how many dvds you can hold in one hand it's like 85 <laughs> wasn't like, there a limit someone's though? got quite the spread oh, abso- on his hand absolutely but uh, I think, well, I don't know. My dad knew all the people at the Blockbuster. So uh, cute. We, we kind of did, too. I mean, it was Moose Jaw, right? Like, right. it's not like it's a... But, um, you know, at some point, you just, like, you know, get used to Blockbustering. And that was how my dad lived his life. Wow. You know um, how some Alzheimer patients, like, people create, like, a small like street that they can wander around it gives them comfort i feel like you should just build like a small blockbuster like room which is a couple <laughs> racks of vhs's for your dad for your dad oh my when God. he, he would love it. years and he can just wander through uh the only hope that i think my dad has right now is if like uh nintendo because he plays his switch a lot makes an interface for netflix that is a blockbuster <laughs> so you like have your avatar and you like wander around and you can like <laughs> zoom in on movies and stuff, and uh, that that I think he would appreciate. Wow! Does your dad but, uh, does your dad play Animal Crossing, Jer? No. Oh, he, I was uh, gonna see if he wants dad, to be friends. <laughs> Buy some uh, my, my, <laughs> my dad, uh, he started playing uh, Mario Odyssey. They played that for oh, a long yeah. time, and then uh, back in the day, my dad played Zelda. Mm. Like he he loved that, and uh, the new one is very accessible, and they've been playing it for eons it feels like eons anyway Um, sorry for hijacking the show so are there any comedians that you will just watch whatever they put out like if they have a new thing yeah i would (laughs) say i would say that's john mulaney for me he's probably Mm. he's like one of my favorite comedians working right now um Actually, though, I just realized that's a lie because I still haven't watched the Lunch Bunch or whatever. Oh, sack I lunch love bunch. the Sack Lunch Bunch. I know, and I, I keep I keep being like, "Oh, I should watch it," and then I was gonna watch it this week actually, and I just didn't because I'm. But it worst. is like it is different. Jeremy yeah. is mm-hmm. shaking his head, but it is yeah, yeah it's like a different it, form. Yeah, and it really the, lets the, the kids shine. The, well, the problem with the Sack Lunch Bunch is that it's eight jokes. And if you don't like one of those eight jokes, you're in it for five to eight minutes. The joke is, yeah, at least five minutes right? long. Yeah. I kind of so, like, like that, to be honest. It's I get what he's doing, but um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue on, Sonia. But yeah, so it's that's John Mulaney for me. And then also um, my my like my favorite comedian, I think possibly of all time, Maria Bamford. Um, she just put out a new album slash special called Weakness is the Brand. And I have listened to it, I think, eight times. Like, it's so good, and it makes me laugh so hard. That's so, a really yeah. fun title. Yeah, she's, oh, she's the best. I could go on and on, but we'll, I'll let you guys talk first for a while. Um, 
John Mulaney is on, uh, I'm going to speak for two people here, my list and uh, Wife of the Show's mm-hmm. list. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, we took a trip to Vegas a few years ago to see John Mulaney. Oh, fun. Like, that was, I didn't know you that guys were why... such comedy queens. Yeah, that was why we went, and then we did other things there. Cool. And uh, before this whole thing was going to, you know, before the world ended, we were talking about going to Chicago, because he was going to do another something there. Um but uh, that you know that didn't pan out because which, here I am. Which special? Do you know which special it was? Like when did you go, Jared? Uh, it was the one with uh, was it the most recent special? It was the one with the street smarts joke. Oh yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I yeah. saw that in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we yeah, and um, I think we caught it relatively early because there was quite a few changes when the special came out, mm-hmm. which was still fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so so. So far, John Mulaney is the only one we've hunted down in person. Like, I've had the opportunities to kill him because we've been Whoa. so physically close. Oh, my God. Uh, FBI I'm going to delete that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, one who's very high on my list in particular, uh, and, I, well, if, if you're talking to my boss, he would not toe the line right now, but um, Bo Burnham mm. is... Uh, I, I just think he's, I, well, I think he's very funny for, for first, you know, for number one, but I think he's doing some really interesting things. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't know if you've read some of his stuff, but he doesn't like to call what he does stand up because it makes people mad. So he just calls it comedy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, he's just not sure where he fits, even though I think most people are okay with him. You know, it's like Flight of the Concords, right? right. Like, they're in. Yeah, because so. he, like, because he, like, performs music and then does these kind of, like, sketches, like, interstitially. Mm-hmm. Like, he really pushes the the bounds of mm-hmm. the form, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, like, that's but, what uh, art is. Like, that's the part I don't understand yeah. is, like, yeah, he's innovating. Isn't that what we want? It's so weird. I should check but that at some out. Point, because like, that's, that's what yeah. I don't, I, some, I honestly don't really love just watching an hour of somebody doing a set. Mm. I would like mm. a couple, like, a, a bit more of a variety show. Sean likes a little more vaudeville situation. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Give me a tap dancer every now and then. Yeah, bring out the girl with the fire baton. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess not to follow suit with you all, but John Mulaney is a little bit like that to me too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it will be one of the ones where someone's like, "Oh, you should watch John Mulaney's new special." Like I think you guys did this week. And I was like, "Okay, I'll try." <laughs> so I watched Kid Gorgeous at Radio City. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, it was it was um it was great. I the set honestly was like amazing. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. great. Um and like uh he just like ascended to the stage and like <laughs> it was very high quality. Um mm-hmm. and also I was reading that he was like trying to think of a joke that could use the rain because they have like rain jets on the stage that he wanted to like <laughs> incorporate, but he couldn't really figure it away. Yeah, he's just, like, his humor is always, like, it basically is always just, like, the weirdness of everyday life. Um, But it's never, like, mean-spirited, really, or, like, problematic. It's just, like, nice. (laughs) Unless it's towards him. Yeah, he has this one bit about how he thinks that, like, God meant to make him gay and then just, like, didn't complete (laughs) the final step. And I feel like there is something to that where I'm, I just, like, trust him more than I do almost any straight man. Like, I just, I feel safe with him. And I love that. I love him for uh, that. Have, have you guys seen him on Comedians in Cars? No. Yeah. Uh, there's, at the end of the episode, at through, I, I don't really know how the show is formatted. Like, I don't, I don't quite understand. But he and Jerry are going to get a rug that John's wife asked them to pick up. And I think it was just like they were close, so he just wanted to grab this rug. But Ed, they just kept filming. Mm-hmm. So the end of the episode is them picking out the wrong rug, bringing it back to John's wife, and then being like, they, like her trying to be nice, saying that they didn't bring back the right thing. But my favorite thing about that is that Jerry still has the rug because wow. he thinks the story's so funny. And uh, every once in a while, apparently he'll like. Like put he keeps it like in a box wherever, but he'll like put it out and send a picture just to John, I guess, of the rug. Oh my like, god. It's just, it's just this it's weird not thing. It's fair that Jerry Seinfeld gets to be friends with John Mulaney and I don't. That's I don't think they're saying. friends. 
I don't think they're. I don't think if you have close. an inside text joke where you send someone a picture, that counts as friends. Yeah, but Sonny, you have then you got to keep a rug in your house. <laughs> That's Story true. Is, I don't. I don't limited. have that why, kind of space. Why don't you just text John Mulaney? I don't love his number. Um. Oh. Also, was one of these things where you're like, oh, I'll watch anything John Mulaney does. I actually tried watching Oh Hello on Broadway, <gasps> and you uh, didn't like it. Well, I didn't say I didn't won't like it. I didn't like it, but. Yeah, it's like him and Nick Kroll playing these like old men characters. George just, St. Geekland. <laughs> George St. Geekland. <laughs> and I just like, I got like 10 minutes in and it was like, I'm not really taken by this. It's just kind of like, wow. oh my God. I, yeah, that, no, I would not have yeah. guessed. I was actually going to say, Sean, I was going to recommend you watch it because I thought you would love it. Maybe I yeah, didn't no, give it proper due, but I just was going to have. Kind of, Maybe have like an adult gummy and then watch one. Watch <laughs> oh, it. an adult gummy, like a multivitamin. <laughs> yeah, multivitamin. I've, I've, n- I've never heard them called that before. <laughs> I don't uh, know why I felt like I had to obscure that. <laughs> so, uh, Sonia, have you listened to the podcast? The podcast. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> okay. See, yes. I think their accent is like part of it. Honestly. Okay, that's oh, what yeah, I was no, like. Absolutely. Is the joke that they can't say words right? Like, <laughs> Kind of. I mean, honestly, some of the best comedy is based on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, yeah, I love I I, I, Oh Hello, I think is super fun. And uh, my my biggest problem with Oh Hello is that like, I don't know all these Broadway things that Mm. they're bringing up. So there's some things that I'm just like, okay, you know, like, yeah, see, we all need to watch it together. So Sean and I can fill you in. Yeah, well, there we go. And then we can tell Sean when it's funny. (laughs) <laughs> since he doesn't think so Sean you now have permission to laugh, laugh maybe, please. you know maybe that is a good idea it would keep me maybe more keep my eyes well, surprised I mean that's part of the thing with stand up too is like sometimes when you watch it by yourself it's not the same because like watching it on a screen and being in the room are two 100% different situations uh, yes. I, w- I, I would agree with that but for whatever reason those tiny micro edits for pacing Really helped me out because mm. uh, I saw Lewis Black when he was in town, and this was years ago. And I think Lewis Black is very funny, but I think I like chuckled. Like I don't think I laughed yeah. at all. You know, like it was just I don't I don't know. I need that that you know packaged. Yeah. Well, I mean version. that's also that also speaks to like the pacing of the show. Like that's the thing is mm-hmm. a good comedian is actually kind of doing that live. And also, mm-hmm. live shows give me a little bit of anxiety because mm. I am not a laugher. Like, I oh. I chuckle and I, like, you know, push air out of my nose when things are funny. But, like, I rarely do a full laugh. And I feel like people are like, what is your problem? And I'm like, I'm having a great time. I'm just, like, not <laughs> guffawing. And I think, Sean, I think you just have to let that go and just experience it the way that you are because no one else gets to tell you. How to do it. Thank you. Except for us. Yeah. Except you for guys, me and Jen. You guys can get in there. <laughs> but um, for me, actually, the challenge of a live show is if the comedian's not doing well, um, that does make me uh, want to die. <laughs> I was trying to think of a gentler way to say that, but <laughs> the secondhand like cringe of a bomb, of a bomb? Yeah. is yeah. one of the worst things. Well, and going to something in town with like amateur comedians, oh, some of some of whom who you may live with at the time, and you really hope they do very well. Well, this is quite uh, good. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's just like like you know, oh man, that didn't do so great. What is the car going to be like after this? You know, like are they devastated right now? Because we have to stay here for another hour. Mm. Like we can't just go. And uh, yeah. Ugh. That is but it's but also I'll... something that a comedian has to go through to like get their yeah. get their seasoning. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. it's like a rock tumbler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It is>. Smooth <laughs> smooth things out. Also, the idea of being called upon with crowd work gives me major heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I have I have no problem yelling out my no job or whatever. Like, no thanks. That's oh, weird. one of uh, the I think one of the worst things about comedy is audiences who get too comfortable and really want to participate, and it's like not time, and they're not respecting no, no, the no. the contract of of that. Um, it's a fascination of mine, actually, how how comedians get good at dealing with that. Mm. But 
it seems infuriating. Oh, or yeah. not good. Like, or not good, yeah. Like dealing with, um, like, a, a, not a cat call. What is that? A heckler? heckler. A heckler. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, Nicole Byer talks about this kind of a lot on her podcast. Um, because yeah. I think also, like, especially if you're, like, a black woman, I think it probably happens even more because people just feel extra entitled to your time and stuff. Um, but it's, like, almost – I think heckling is one thing, but there's also just, like, the super drunk person who's not, like, trying to, like, in- interfere, but they just want to be part of this thing and they've forgotten that they're – that's not their role kind of thing. Yeah. And I find that so embarrassing for them. That, that happens one million percent at like drag shows. Yes, like, it's the same thing. Like yeah. at straight I, girls. Like I went to see Bianca Del Rio and yeah, straight drunk girls, no offense to you all, love you. But they were chiming in and it was, it was Yeah. Awkward. Trixie when Trixie Mattel was in Saskatoon, she like tore a strip off this girl and it was the best thing that's ever happened oh yeah what what did she do well just this girl was like standing at the front she was like vip and she was Mm. loaded and just kept like standing up and dancing and like screaming things and basically trixie just like told her told her it wasn't her space or time in front of everyone and it was awesome it was oh yeah you were there hey what's the deal with radio (laughs) shows taking a quick break (laughs) We'll be back talking comedy specials on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. And we're back on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking more comedy specials, but first we'll play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people! (laughs) 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 I am endlessly impressed with the things that you guys come up with for the... Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the games where I spend moments this week looking for a title that these two have not seen related to our topic. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a good chuckle. <laughs> now, in all fairness, I like this... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can bend you know, them, but don't I, break I just, them. I just, yeah, I've just got to... I just got to. I just got to say that up front. This week's title is "That's Adequate." That title again. That's adequate. That's adequate. That's adequate. Sean, Sonia, what's that? What's that's adequate about? Okay, I believe that it is about a plastic surgeon who gets a lot of tough cases. People with like tricky, like two noses, things like that, and. Uh, he, um, his mantra is that's adequate. So he doesn't try to fix things perfectly. He just tries, he'll do like, um, very sort of (laughs) minimal plastic surgery to get things slightly better. And then he'll just be like, and that's adequate. And then he just sends people on their way. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. I think that's adequate is a stand up special. By a gr- a class of grade three students <laughs> who um who decided to become comedy legends and their whole thing is like just about how you know we have high expectations for kids these days but they've decided to take take the life approach of like that's adequate and they're just not going to try as hard anymore and it's just a lot of funny observations about being a child in this world and that's what I got. Yeah, that's what we got, Jeremy. Okay, Jeremy. So- God. Sonia is is the one that you pitched. Is it good or is it bad? Oh, it's so good. They're geniuses. Oh, it's, okay, I mean, no. actually, wait, shit. It's adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is not good, and everyone pans it. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Excellent. Fair. Um, that's adequate. Is uh, well, you guys were close in no way, shape, or form. Uh, That's Adequate is a 1989 mockumentary documenting a fictional Hollywood studio, Adequate Film Studios. <laughs> um, and it's kind of crazy. It sort of like floats in between all these different people. Tony Randall's the host Love of him. the. Um, but there's Jerry Stiller and Ben Stiller. Wow. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s is in this. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in this. Bruce Willis is in this. Uh, there's a bunch of people. Richard Lewis. Uh, it's just kind of a crazy sort of weird, I don't want to say Christopher Guest-like thing, but Christopher Guest-like thing. Um, 
and uh, it's just sort of uh, this weird zany comedy uh, that a lot of uh, people sort of were involved with in 89. Yeah. Uh, the game is, of course, brought to you by uh, the biggest theater in town at over 859 Spirit Bears <laughs> Tall. The Kramer IMAX We don't recommend putting them all in one Center. place, though. It's cruel. <laughs> Too <laughs> it's much crazy. Yeah, it's true. Oof. Um, yeah, w- we miss you, theater. And it's uh, it's getting real. And I wonder at one point, like, they'll open up the theaters again, but one family has to go at a time. And it just oh, I thought you were going to say one family was locked in there, and they discover them when they open the theater again. <laughs> no, um, no, no, not that dark. Did you but, bring up That's Adequate because of Jerry Steeler and his uh, I, untimely slash not really passing this week? Uh, yeah, well, I just remember there being a lot of uh, people involved, so that was kind of why I thought. But uh, Jerry Stiller's always on my mind, Sean. Aww. He's never Aww. not been on my mind. He's always Jerry's he's always, always in there. He's just he's just reading here like an aorta, uh, just you know. Wow. Just pump, pumping away. <laughs> <laughs> My heart is with yours, I guess. <laughs> I think I actually touched Sean there. You did. <laughs> I quite touched. Um, <laughs> you guys, do comedy specials really capture the public zeitgeist, and like where everyone is talking about the same? Thing as much as like a you know a different sort of series. I don't think I understand the question. Well, I'm okay, sorry. so I'm I guess I'm leading. You know how like like Hannah Gadsby's special, mm. like everyone knew, everyone was talking about it, or sort of like Ali Wong's, mm-hmm. like Baby Cobra. Like it just it seems to me so rare that a comedy special will hit and everyone will be know what's going on and, like, have seen it. Yeah, I think it's, like, it is very rare just because, you know, there's so much out there and, like, ah, it kind of depends, though, because Nanette, like, everyone saw it and talked about it for so long. Oh, absolutely. And I wonder, actually, absolutely. whether, like, streaming has, but, uh, has made I think, some of it well, more I don't know. accessible My dad because, like, all, but they just everyone kept is filming. just getting served, like, so that the same end ad of for the episode, And yeah. so then if it blows up, like, picking out it's the... kind of more accessible, whereas, you know, formerly there were only certain places you could kind of see stand-up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think I think Netflix has sort of, like, amped up a lot of, like, I think a lot more people are being exposed than yeah. they had been previously. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think a part of it is, like, it doesn't take a lot of money to create. Right. And they're they're quick to make. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are sort of chomping at the bit to kind of see if they can make a big break on Netflix. Because a lot of people have been super successful mm-hmm. um, with comedy specials on there. But uh, I also think, because there is, like, a level of, like, stardom that I think is new with stand-up comedians. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's also, like, the podcast thing mm. is because now, like, I think of, you know, well, the biggest one I can think of is Your Mom's House with Tom Segura, and uh, I cannot never remember his wife's name. But um, uh, it's, like, five episodes a week. Oh, Whoa. my God. I think, like, it's, like, it's a lot. Like, it's it's a ton, like, like three-hour episodes. Wow. So I think there are people who are just like that's insane. Like being funneled this content continuously, right? So anything that's sort of in that area, right? Like if Bert Kreischer has a special, they're talking about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. Like that's it, you know, comedians all go on each other's podcasts, mm-hmm. and like that's yeah. actually how I've found lots of comedians that I like now is like I heard them on a podcast, and so yeah, that's interesting, Jerry. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, there's a, there's tons of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's the list. Yeah, there's endless. Yeah, like some I would never really seek out watching comedy specials, but Netflix really pimped out like when a- Baby Cobra dropped. Yeah, and I would just see mm-hmm. this little trailer of like a woman in her third trimester, like <laughs> doing comedy and being hilarious. And so I was like, well, I have to watch this. Um, yeah, Ali Wong's so funny. She's so funny, and then like. Sh- She's doing another special when she's pregnant again. Yes, yeah, like she's it's doing like it again. yeah, she did too. <laughs> it's just so like obviously 
pregnant women have done comedy, but I guess I've just Problem never stuff. seen but, it. Um, uh, you know, in a series before. It's yeah, yeah no, like it's, it's great. Yeah, but isn't her isn't her whole thing is that she's so busy working that the only time that she has <laughs> yeah. to write a comedy special is when she gets pregnant. Yeah, yeah. which is really uh, good. She, it's very funny. Um, I think she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, I think not only as a comedian, like not only in stand up, but also as a uh, a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, I fresh love off Fresh the Off the Boat. It's so funny. I need um, to get to it. It's so funny, and yeah, I, sh- I just watched a few clips of her today, and she was just like talking about her, her nanny and just like <laughs> how they have to hire own people only over sixty. <laughs> and anyway, you gotta see it. I did. Yeah, um, no, it's great jokes. Are there any new classics like we were talking about, like Delirious and like George Carlin? Or is that mm. just kind of the way that culture is now where it's like, I'll listen to an album and I'll be like, that was great. And then like never listen to it again because there's just so much content. I think like, okay, something like Nanette. Um, well, I'm curious because it made such a stir at the time and kind of like, again, like pushed those boundaries of what a comedy special could be and do. But it's like, hmm, I wonder how many people actually still think about it, engage with it, like have seen it. Because for me, that's like totally a standout thing that for me is like part of an essential part of the comedy canon now forever. But I wonder if you're not like a hardcore comedy nerd, um do you still care? Like, is does it have that same impact? I don't know. That's an interesting yeah. question. Yeah, like, there's, like, rumors of, like, like, remember Tignataro's, like, had an mm-hmm. infamous set that, like, launched her career? Yeah, where she and, just found out she had cancer? Yeah. That and, one? like, her... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, like, things that I, I know are, like, you know, there's, like, all this legend around it, but I actually have not even seen it. Or even mm-hmm. if it's recorded. <laughs> I don't know anything. There are recordings of it, but um, I think it's only audio, maybe. But... Oh, yeah. Because that one was such a, like, random, random one, where she just, like, went and did a set, like, I think hours after finding out she had cancer, and then, like, just, and, and someone had just died, I think. Is that right? Her mom? Yeah, I think her mom died. And so, yeah, and she just, like, opened up and just, like, basically went stream of consciousness, and it was incredible. Um but so, yeah, I don't, but I can't think of, like, specifically a special, really, that would be, like, I don't know, in the same way that, like, Raw or, like, you know, Delirious or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. would be. Well, and I think at this point as well, just from the volume of things that have been coming out, like, people are going to have those ones that they, like, really resonate with and, like, remember and, like, so the one I'm going to bring up, uh, have you guys watched any of Mark Birbiglia's specials? Yeah, I really like Mike yeah. Birbiglia. Uh, did you see the new one? No. You, that's that's literally what it's called. Uh, the new one. I haven't seen it. Um, it's very good. Uh, Mike Birbiglia is another one of these fringe people who kind of does his own thing that nobody else does. Yeah. Where it's like a long... It's like he tells one st- long joke. Yeah, like it's almost more like storytelling, like one man <laughs> show kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, well, spoiler alert. Uh, there's... Uh, for the new one, it's about him having a kid. The new one is his child. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he talks about, like, all the things he didn't want to be when he was a parent and, like, all these different things. Uh, it's very funny. But uh, at one point in the narrative, he has the kid and, uh, like, huge amount of toys and infant stuff falls from the ceiling onto the stage. Whoa. It's incredible. It's shot out of an air cannon. It is hilarious. Wow. Well, because well, it was and, like a uh, Broadway show, right? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. I Well, okay. now I'm just conjecturing, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Maybe. Yeah. I could see it. I certainly could. That's but, really um, funny. Oh, God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you said, Sonia, like, I don't know I don't know where to put him on the map. I don't know that it matters to, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's just, I think there's so many people now who have done so much work that now that they're at a point where they can kind of explore more and yeah, totally. do, do things that aren't as, you know, cause he must like, he, I'm pretty sure I've seen him do like regular stand up. And he must still work. Yeah. Right? Like he said, he travels and works. And yeah, he so does, I don't know he, that they're he, taking that show with him. He right? works the road. And then he's also like in lots of stuff and also writes for stuff. <clears> so 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's great. Well, you should check it out, Sean. I should. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you guys have watched this week or want to add a button on? Um, I revisited one of my like all-time favorite comedians, and, like, and like talking like, about put, him. He makes keeps me it like in a box, wherever. But he like sad, put it out and sent a picture. Just is like. Mm. One of the all-time greats in my eyes, and I rewatched some some old stuff of his. He died in I think the late nineties or early two thousands, um, and like it's one of those things where I I forgot how ingrained his jokes were in my brain. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one. This is like bad etiquette, but I'm gonna tell his joke. My favorite, I think, is when I was a boy, I laid in my twin bed and wondered where my brother was. <laughs> And all of his jokes are stuff like that, like, just so silly and so absurd. And I, yeah, I just, like, oh, it just is, it made me sad and also happy. And it was such a confusing series of emotions. Uh, I get that. No, and uh, I think, because uh, he was huge on Just for Laughs mm-hmm. as well, right? Like, he had tons of work. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he's, I... I have not thought about Mitch Hedberg in a long time, and now I am. Because mm. he's like, yeah, no, his joke that sticks with me is rice is good when you're hungry and want 2,000 of something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like an escalator because an escalator will never break. It will just become stairs. <laughs> it's all I, like that. Like, it's just The idea slides. of doing a comedy special that is just literally... 12,000 one-liners, like, no build-up, mm-hmm. like, no story, is very, I like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. I know. Well, and like, he's do. so interesting, too, because he had really extreme social anxiety, so he would do a lot of his jokes with his eyes closed, or he would wear sunglasses on stage, and also he had um, some pretty severe addiction problems, so he would often be drunk on stage, and mm-hmm. so it just is this, like, really kind of raw just experience of these one-liners it's kind of hard to explain you kind of have to watch it yeah yeah yeah. i I remember i think i downloaded the comedy special of his i think it was just audio and i remember that it was like it was terrible like it was not funny like it was too early and some of his jokes weren't fully formed yet but he told one joke that killed that was I just need to get you to laugh one time and then on the record they can just use that laugh every single time but uh, yeah, other than that, he just bombed. Like, it was just so hard to listen to. Yeah, he had a tough career. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. My, uh, my list is very long. I didn't think it would be as long as it is. But it's, like, I'm looking at it. Uh, I think Dave Chappelle mm. is an interesting case. Mm-hmm. Just sort of in the before and after yeah. that exists with him. And uh, I don't know. I, like, I feel like he's a pretty good example of, like, what negative effects can happen with the way the business used used to be still is isn't as much of anymore i don't know the fact that a lot of people are producing their shows on netflix is mm. encouraging um because they're not just like getting paid to make 100 percent of the content and like basically selling it to someone to live but um yeah i don't know what are you guys thoughts on that sort of business model now um, I don't know if I know enough about it to comment, but it yeah. it seems like people have more options in terms of, mm-hmm. like, being able to make money from doing stand-up, whereas, like, previously you could just literally be the most brilliant comedian alive and just do the road for 30 years and, like, make no money and no one knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like, I do think you can get a lot bigger now. I mm-hmm. listen to... A podcast with Jackie Cation Love and um, Laurie Kilmartin. Kilmartin. And they'll do like like three or four sets a night, like just mm-hmm. like rip from club to club. And they're like women in their like late 50s and have been doing it for like 30 years. And like, yeah, like now Laurie they're... literally writes for Conan. Yeah, like now I guess Laurie writes for Conan and like they have some more specials and stuff, but it's like a tough. It's a tough go if you want to just keep yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Guys, I, I forgot to mention Pat and Oswald. Oh, this is yeah. too hard. It's too. It's this way too hard. There's hard. so many people I didn't mention. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, Should we just do a lightning round or da- we just say people's daunting. names? Uh, go. Joe Firestone. 
Jeremy Hotz. Aparna Nancharla. Uh, Joan Rivers. Harry Kondabolu. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Phoebe Robinson. Uh, not Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> I want to put that on. <laughs> Sean, do you not... want to get one in? Jeremy, you might be a redneck when. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not Jeff Dunham. Oh, oh my man. God. Ooh. My cousin Jeff Your Dunham? Cousin. How dare you? Your racist puppet cousin. Once, actually, at a liquor store, someone ID'd me, and they were like, oh, my God, are you related to Jeff Dunham? <laughs> and then they did a full, like, two-minute sketch of, like, <laughs> they're like, you know this one? And then they just, like, did, like, a voice, and I was like... Just stared straight ahead. I was like, That's what's insane. happening to me? That just that just broke my brain that someone did that to you. It was tough. Sean, you should have been like, they used my hair for this puppet. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the terrorist skeleton's based off me. Oh, God. Um, all right. Whoa. Well, thanks for that lightning round, you guys. <laughs> um, I think now we should move on to what you're watching. What, what am I watching? Gosh. All right, Sonia, you go first. Okay. Um, I realized in a panic right before we started recording this episode that I haven't watched anything of substance that wasn't for the show uh, this week. So it's time for me to out myself and tell oh everyone. Oh, my gosh. Sonia, this been, is brave. I have been a heavy TikTok user for about five months now. There it is. Wow. And there's no such. There's no other type. No, Sonya. you're he- you're heavy or you're not. Yeah, and I, <laughs> exactly. I've <laughs> seen the sign, to... Sonia, and it's you know it's you dark, think you can honestly. hide it, but we notice. Yeah, mm-hmm. just scrolling, scrolling, <laughs> just saying the same things over and over again because the audios are implanted in my brain. So for anyone who doesn't know, TikTok is an app that I think most people would consider it a children's app. It's for the teens, but um. I will say millennials have flooded it with our own content, and that is amazing. And basically, it's just like these minute or less long videos where people just make jokes, pretty much. Um, And what's really Uh, neat, what's neat about it, well, Jarrett, everyone's experience of it is different because once you've watched it long enough, their algorithm is, like, quite complex. Takes it right to you. And Mm -hmm. it, like learns exactly what you did like. Their jokes, so like, like everything I see now is like but, um, pets. We later found out fears, that we should have just gone witches, <laughs> women on roller skates, um and like Harry Potter jokes and like a witch on a roller skate. <laughs> uh it's amazing. How do you feel about the moderated content thing though? Well that's where I like That's the problem. There's some censorship stuff. Um is that there's what a, you mean? There's a lot. Yeah. <sighs> And I think it's yeah. good to some degree because, well, I don't know because my echo chamber, I don't see anything hateful. So as far as I experience, there's not a lot that's hateful on there. But what I have heard is a lot of like, for example, um, fat people talking about having mm-hmm. their content taken down Just because they're wearing like a crop top, um, whereas like there are well, all kinds of skinny yeah, teens I, I don't know if it's different now. Or like now. people I'm of color sure. talking about their stuff being taken down. So that part is a bit sketchy. Actually, today there's like a, a protest going on um, about um, the s- sort of silencing of black voices on TikTok, where mm. a lot of people are like they everybody changed their um, user pro their your picture. You're supposed to only like content by black creators. Um, so that's really cool. So the part of it that I really like is there's definitely some consciousness raising and some like education work that happens that I see a lot of. And it, I just guess I wanted to say it's a lot more than what I thought it was when I first started mm. watching it. Yeah. Well, that's good. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, the issue always becomes, and this is like the, this is where we're getting in the fringes here, but it's always about like, you know, if like, how much say does Twitter get in what, Right. Is on Twitter. Right. right. Because probably the answer is a lot. Like, yeah, it's their platform. But Right. So anyway. Cool. Well, that's good. What about you, Jer? Uh, so uh, I've uh, not been watching anything because I've been playing a video game called uh, Red Dead Redemption oh. 2. Have Ooh. I talked about this on the show yet or no? Uh, I think so. I, I forget. When it came out, maybe you did, but that was a long okay. time ago. Uh, uh, it is, uh, it's absolutely incredible, the level of depth that has been put into this, um, in this show, uh, or into this game, I should say. Um, I have been playing it with headphones on, as not to disturb wife of the show, Ellen Legui, and, uh, the only thing she hears me talk about is the fact that Arthur needs to bath. 
And uh, every time she looks at the screen, uh, Arthur, he's a, he's a man of the town, so he pays for the premium bath in which a woman comes to scrub him down and give him a good lather. So when wife of the show sees what I'm playing, it's basically a cowboy in a, in a bath being rubbed by another woman for a stamina boost. A stamina boost? Yeah. Love that. But uh, um, if you're into video games, it's good. If you're into the West, it's really good. And if you're into sort of... And if uh, you're into bathing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're into suds, get into some suds. Oh. <laughs> Red suds redemption, too. Well, what about you, Sean? Um, so this week, a um, friend of the show, Christy Zotzman, and I have been watching... Um, all of the Star Warses in oh. uh, in the chronological order as well. Um, so hold, hold on, Sean. I gotta just so like, did you watch Empire before Phantom Menace or no? We I started with Phantom Menace. Okay, yeah, and then you went. Okay, carry on. Yeah, even like I have seen all the OG mm-hmm. before, but I haven't actually seen any of the the nineties ones. <gasps> Yeah, and so it was a very different, you know, experience. They're bizarre. I won't get into it because maybe we'll have an episode. But um, I just watched Solo, the Han Solo Mm. story. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is like, so it's just like more Easter eggs than like a dollarama in April. (laughs) They're just like... (laughs) They're just like, oh, here's how you get your name. Here's, like, uh, how he meets Chewie, how he gets his shit. Like, the show that he, or, like, the game here, he gets the ship. And, like, uh, he's played by a very swaggery um, Alden Ehrenreich, who does, like, such a good job. Mm-hmm. He's, like, just, like, grinning and, like, a ridiculous and so optimistic. And like, there's this thing where in each Star Wars, some a char- one character is like.